What's good with it? So over the years, doing, well, first it started off as games bit. Bringing up a topic, having theories, philosophies, all that good stuff. Breaking things down based off what I experienced. Being able to tell you based on what I know and internalized. How typical situations start off rocky and how typical situations stay rocky. So, obviously, I had my bit of experience, but that's how I started off. It wasn't like to be some uh, altruistic character at all. But somewhere along the lines, it went from, hey, look what I found out. Look what I know that'll benefit you. To me sitting across from somebody, helping to guide them along their way. This really started probably, you could say it started back in uh, around 04. Some broad I was dealing with. I would talk to this guy I know. My man DJ was good. He would tell me about who he was dealing with and how he would meet different females, right? He used to play the bar heavy. And, you know, he let me know his methods. One of them was simple. Sit up in a spot for you. Eat good, relax for you. Watch the ball game for you. And your aura and positive spirit kind of draw people in. Magnetism. And you do what you do from there, right? And at the time, I used to go to clubs a lot. And I met this one girl at Club H2O on the waterfront. So from the time I really started having issues with her, I think that's the point where we really started to chop it up. Right around there. That was the most important pieces anyway to me. You can kind of say that I needed somebody to check in with as far as that, right? That's kind of how it began. He was older, so he would lace me, you know. And I knew a little bit, but I felt like he knew more. And he was older by about 20 years. So he would have a story to either relate to what I'm talking about or he would just be reminded of and go into it. And I thought it was, it was intriguing to me. So years later, you know, I would say from then to maybe 2011, 
as it got to the tail end of that time span I just mentioned, I would read a lot of books. The Art of Mackin, The Art of Seduction, and a lot of marketing business books, biographies even, uh, Russell Simmons, Donald Trump, uh, pertaining to money and how to make it. So I learned valuable lessons in there. But at no point did I ever desire to, um, as I say, be altruistic and go out of my way to look out for somebody. Plus, I was learning in promotions and marketing that a lot of people around me and in general are difficult to deal with. That not only came from the females I was dealing with, but also males who I had business dealings with. Artists, promoters, uh, and random people you try to bring into your fold. That was the first time I really realized that though you have an advantageous look for somebody, a no-brainer, they'll still mess it up. Sometimes. They'll purposely try not to listen. So that was the first time I really got a grasp that it wasn't about winning. It wasn't about the win. And that was kind of the beginning stages of the ideology I took on, that your emotions are stronger than your desire to win. That's when that started to take root. But around 2000 and... Fourteen, I start hanging in Annapolis a lot, the capital of Maryland, right? If that changed through the years, I don't know, so enlighten me. As far as I remember, it is, right? Anyway, I would go to the gym, and I would go to the bars, Acme Grill. I used to like that one. And then the coffee shop on West Street. So between those three places, because West Street is where it's really pumping out there, you'll run into somebody that you see at the gym downtown at the bars. Or you'll meet them at the bars and find out they go to the gym. So that one street there that stretched about 25 minutes, a lot of people and a lot of money were on that street. A lot of opportunities on that street. I'm saying that street, but, you know, it's one main strip there, all right? Let's paint the picture. And it rides off down towards the shopping centers and, and mall. You understand? A, a kind of a strip mall-ish type place and then a mall mall, you know? So much going on right there. But anyway... Somehow, you know how you have small talk with people, and especially in the gym, it was 24 hours, 24-hour fitness. So you got time. You can get there whenever, talk for as long as you want, and then still get your full-fledged workout on, depending on whether or not you had something to do. You could sit in the gym for five hours, talk for an hour, two, it don't matter. The gym don't close. 
It's not like you got to press to hurry up and fit your schedule around it. I would just do all the things I felt like doing, doing throughout the day typically. Like maybe I go get something to eat. I relax. And then maybe around 10, 11, I, I'd go over to the gym on most nights. And then, of course, later, by the way, I would just wake up in the middle of the night, three something, just go to the gym. All right, I slept enough. Let me go get some shots in before I do what I do tomorrow. That's how it would be, or today at that point. So I would go there at night, chop it up, and instead of having small talk where, you know, it's basically non-constructive, somehow it became the thing to where I would speak to somebody and it wouldn't take long where we'll be talking about who they're dealing with, how long they've been with them, why it's rocky, why it's running smooth, why they're with that person, signs that person is uh, kind of destroying or sabotaging or acting bad and why they do not implement standard and a boundary and punishment there. All that. And then in the gym, you had like its own little world. You had you had obviously males in shape and females in shape. So people were kind of going at each other in there. So I knew one guy in particular, he was talking about this this girl in this dance class. I believe he took the dance class to be in there with her. Like maybe he would contend and say something different, but a bulk of it had to do with her at least, we'll say that. And he would tell me about how he was getting close to this joint or attempting to. There was a friend there that was a male, so he kind of hung with them and, and got kind of cool with them. And he would just tell me how I would be going with her. He was trying to get her on the phone, get her out. I think one night they left there and went to a diner. So it was kind of like she wasn't warming up the way he liked. Now, I don't know 100% how it ended up, but all these things were going on. That's the point. And typically, it would not be me telling what I got going on. Once in a while, but rarely. The ideal conversation is I say what I uh, have that relates to what you're talking about. And then I push it back onto you. like, Because people want to talk about themselves. And that's what I want to hear. So that's a match. That's a beautiful conversation right there. That'll go on and on. So older guys... Younger guys, it's just like, man, they would sit there and let me know all they had going on. It was just wow. And it felt like the buzz was come in and let me know what you got going on. It, it just started to establish itself. I got comfortable in that position. Same thing at the coffee shop. I'd be there and the staff may come sit at my table, chop it up for a second, just because we got cool. But then it stopped being about nothing talk, fun, fun, fun. And then eventually 
we get to some real talk. And, you know, people were kind of wondering and listening to see what we was talking about. But so eventually they would come sit down at the table if nobody was there. So that became the thing. Like I would just sit there, listen to things on my phone, watch videos, read or something, chilling. And then boom, somebody would sit there. And so, and females too, they let me know what they had going on. And they'd come through and chop it up. And they basically introduced themselves. That was the easy way to do it. By just saying, hey, I, I see you at the gym. And I'm like, yeah? Like, yeah, like one waitress told me that. She said, yeah, I see you at the gym. Or I see you at the coffee shop. I would see her at both, but I didn't realize that because I didn't really pay attention at first. So she told me, yeah, I, I saw you at, um, at the Starbucks. I see you in there. I said, okay, cool. She said, next time I'll come through, I'll chop it up. That's how that started with her. And it just so happens when I actually got her contact, it was at the gym. So, like I said, it was a small area. And friendships can intensify quickly there. So because people got comfortable with me, I really started to feel comfortable letting people know that I kind of knew something. And it became easy somehow to where I could just have them begin talking and just like immediately everything that stuck out that had to be addressed that made a difference even if they didn't realize it I'd touch on it I'd have them elaborate and basically come up with their own answers and it just became simple and it wasn't just that I mean because I'm leaving something out um <laughs> I, I told you I read The Art of Mackin, but also there were other books. This guy I knew he would give me books. Uh, Pimpin' Ken, he gave me his book. Rosebud, American Pimp, he gave me his book. So I would read a lot of relationship books. I would read them in the library. And this guy also gave me The Game by Neil Strauss and uh, the one about mystery and all that stuff. Pick up which I didn't ever think I would use. I thought that was something I just was reading to be read, you know. But I had a general interest in it, and what happened was one day I was at the library, and because if I'm doing something or looking something up or watching basketball highlights, let's say, I like to listen to music or something while I'm there, so I have two windows up on YouTube. Just so happens one day I looked up Tariq Nasheed, the guy who wrote the Art of Mackin. And I discovered Mac Lessons Radio. And you could say the rest is pretty much history because it reminded me of when I used to sit and talk with DJ. In the sense that When I was experiencing what I was with different females throughout that time, it was amazing to me that these people had the same stories and they understood because they went through similar situations. So 
that's what re- reminded me of him. So when I'm listening to Mac Lester, I'm like, man, I relate to that. I know about that. That happened with me, right? And, you know, you go through something to where you believe in it, but not uh, fully. And that's a problem I was having. One chick I was dealing with in uh, 08, I knew what I should be doing. I had an idea, and I started to implement um, <coughs> boundaries and not allow stuff, but I was flimsy. I didn't truly believe it because I wanted to believe that it wasn't what I saw. So because basically I was trying to salvage the situation. Don't make it seem like I thought she was incredible. At the time, she was the best I was getting. I'm going to keep it one that well. At that time period, uh, a strong high seven or eight was tough to come by. You meet them here and there, but I wasn't catching at that rate to where I would just, if it's something small, I just let it slide. It ain't nothing big. Or I get upset and then like, man, I ain't even messing with you no more. And then be on the phone with her two days later. So all those transgressions I tell you, you make and not to do it, I was breaking the rules. And that's how I learned. That's how you internalize. Because I got to a place where, man, I, if I get out of this, because I kind of felt stuck. Once your ego get involved and your feelings, and believe me, at the time, it's even hard to say, but ugh. I was, it's hard to use that E word. <laughs> it's tough to let it land, but I use it for other people. So yeah, man, I was emotionalizing pretty much. So I mishandled all of that. And I told myself, when I get out of this situation, and basically, I had to be dragged out of there. It was ugly. But when I finally got out, was around the time that eh, maybe a couple of years for the Mac lessons. But what I was hearing in the Mac lessons was all the things that I was doing wrong. And it's one of those numbers where Man, that, that could have benefited me at the time, but then I know it wouldn't have. Why? Because I wouldn't have listened. That's how I know our males are hard-headed. I know. Just because the information's there does not mean they'll use it. So I could have had that at my dis- uh, disposal. Would I have used it? Probably not. <laughs> I'd have listened and probably rationalized, which that's what we do, especially at that time. So vast mistakes in the game flip-flopping on my word which is I mean what else you got left at that point right so obviously I got disrespected in the situation disrespected myself and it was kind of public it was ugly it was a poor misrepresentation and all that and the crazy thing is she wasn't that blaze I just got attached because of the time period I met her in. I had something else go on the summer before that, so I needed a cushion to land on, so she kind of represented that to me. Anyway, so the Mac lessons had all these rules 
and all these episodes. By then, there already was like 300, 400 episodes. And I didn't know about it because it had been around since 2006. So, man, when I tell you I saw the website and then I saw I could look it up in my phone. I had like the flip phone, though, so it wasn't like I could access YouTube on my phone. I could pull up the site, but it wouldn't play the video. But Mac Lessons, it would play the podcast. So, man, I'd be at work. I had that joint planned throughout the day. Some music, some game. I maybe, uh, on average, probably played two or three episodes throughout the day. And I burned through them joints. I just started at the top of the list. Went all the way down. <laughs> and then when I would go on road trips. When I would go on road trips. I remember specifically, man. I have the, the, the image vividly in my head. Riding through them tolls. Going through Baltimore, Jersey. And I would have that Mac lessons cranking. Plus, it was easier than playing. Um, eventually, I did get a big boy phone, the smart joints that played videos when I was dealing with this chick in Connecticut. But even then, you can only play so much YouTube because it burned up your data. So I would play a little bit, but more or less, it was Mac lessons. It was just so much game in there. I was hooked. That's how I know a good student because you'll get excited about the intel. I mean, it's beautiful. That's how I know somebody who's worth speaking to because you're going to do one of two things once somebody starts relaying the game to you, once they let you know they're about to teach you, once they allow you to be in their presence while they're unveiling this uncommon information. Thank you, Sin. Thank you, game. You understand? So road trips, I would have it pumping. You know what I mean? And it was so much in there that, and believe me, all these years later, because I have read so much and because I listen to so much, sometimes I don't know where I got a rule from or a stance from. I mean, I'll stand on something like, and not even remember where I got it from. And then out here, eight years later, I'm like, oh, that's where I got that from. Right. That's where the idea stemmed from. The wording of that came from there, and it's amazing because I internalized that material so greatly. You know, because especially like you're at a job, my job doesn't require, uh, at that time, didn't require a lot of thinking. So I would just shield out the people there. I pick up my paperwork, stick on my headphones, and I rock out. But the road trips was beautiful. I would be out there by myself, you know, so I would go meet up with somebody. But the ride there, you go up to Connecticut, talking about five and a half hours, man. Jersey, three hours. So that's what I was doing. And I don't know when. It probably got to the point where, I don't know, man, probably around 2000 and. 19 there, there's other factors I start <laughs> I got into a pickup in 2016 where I would just travel around and uh, sharpen my skill at picking up the opposite sex you understand 
So all that plays a factor because you're having so many social interactions. So you're learning at a rapid pace, hopefully, instead of you not learning and just having the reference experiences and not learning from them. So I would say 2019, man, was the time where I really knew I was the answer. Like, I mean, there ain't nothing new under the sun. So if I got my experiences, I went to seek other people's experiences. And, man, I, I would go like, the library, and, and they got books for sale. You know, they got, like, $2 books, $3 books, $4 books, pay, um, paperback, hardback, all that stuff. And I would just, no matter how weak I thought the information was, it could be girl-to-girl relationship uh, advice. How to find Mr. Perfect. How to reel him in. And I would I would get that in my phone. I wouldn't buy that physically. You understand? Just because it, it could come off looking crazy. But I would read all of that stuff. Males giving advice to other males. Um, couples who've experienced infidelity. What happens with the kids having poor relationships with the kids sibling um, relationship how they get along all this stuff it just consumed me right so even those simplest weak um, beat down male books where you know tell her you love her three times a day and communicate and and uh, figure out what she wants to do on Friday and then you do what you want to do maybe every other Friday and, and like all that stuff. I mean, it sounds good. It, it, if you believe you can rationalize and negotiate a 50-50, I mean, that's kind of another story. But if you believe that, you believe in the books. But I don't and I would just read them anyway. Didn't like it. But I just had to get a hold of it. If it was $3, I was walking out the library, let me get that. You know what I mean? Then somebody will see me with it. Like, why are you reading this garbage? I'm like, Phew. I didn't have a good answer. But it's just uh, the intrigue to it and excitement about it. I want to know it, you know? But what I noticed about actually helping people or speaking with people. And it's not all about helping people, by the way. I'm here to um, be here to coach you to flourish. If you're doing well and you you reach the plateau and you can't get a little higher, you want to squeeze a little bit more out of what you do, monetize a little better, any of that. I mean, do I ever say, like, these people can come but not them? I mean, it don't matter who you get. This guy has $70 million and 15 houses and 14 boats. Can he fit in that chair? Well, good. Sit down and get some of this game. I mean, it don't don't even matter at this point. And that's what you want to be with what you do. At some point, I stopped spitting the game. I stopped. Well, I never stopped spitting the game. And I never stopped having the game. But that was as far as I could take it. So I stopped being only able to spit the game. And I stopped being only able to have the game. And at some point, somewhere along the lines, I just thought, 
being the game. Like, that's it. I don't remember where, but it's just, you proclaim it, and there it is. You stood on it. And that's how you want to be about whatever it is you dedicate yourself to. But I, I've seen through the years that it's not all about uh, in our in a cookie cutter fashion, you would want <clears throat> near everyone to be the ideal client. <laughs> they can't figure something out or they want to get a better catch hand. They want to understand what's a, a, a compatible or excellent partner, tall leadership. And I would just say, hey, these equalities, this is where you are right now and this is uh, why you may not have recognized or experienced it before. and But it don't really work like that. Not everyone is out for a win. People in general, their emotions are stronger than their desire to win, typically. So <laughs> I get people who are consistent clients who get near me because they want to troll. I represent a type to them. Maybe the type that they feel they can't get in other people and I remind them of that person or those people. Or with the advent of social media, they see these um, personalities that maybe have similar uh, ideology as me. Similar enough to where they see them and me and then they tee off and take their shots. They don't get to express their anger at that person, but because I grant them action at me, they try it with me. I'm telling you. So essentially, I got people who will jump on my line, cross the buffer as far as invest the time and money, and then I just strangle them over the phone because they keep trying me, reaching being aggressive and you just got to no, 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 no. You got boyfriends for that. <laughs> but it is a form of, at that point, therapy. That's, I'm a psychologist at that point. Like, you know, the people who deal with them out there, people, the psychiatrists, they can prescribe medicine, I can't. But I deal with people who are extreme like that. You know, and it's like the icing on the cake when you know that I'm a healer. Like, so, and you're meeting me as winter freeze. You're not seeing who I was and how I got here. So, somehow you equate be kind, be pleasant, be great with let me try them. Like, <laughs> bad idea. 50 Cent had a song years ago. You like me better, Rich. So you like me doing well. You like me pleasant like this. A quick rundown. Being pleasant is simply a um, demeanor. It's a posture. It's an energy. Being kind is putting that posture and energy into action and actively assisting, helping, guiding. But being great, this is what throws you off. 
being great is not just, hey, I achieved and yay. No. In order to be great, if you commit to being great, you will do what you need to do to clear your space and clean your space and maintain that. So if there's a divider, don't cross that. Hey, man, don't cross that. So you have um, a responsibility to do what it calls for. That's what being great entails. So I prefer uh, that I could deal with you a certain way. But hey, I'm not relegated to dealing with you in that fashion. As Robert Greene says, keep an iron fist in a velvet glove. Similar to what I say that the more contentment you have and the more people see and recognize your contentment, it makes you a larger target. So the more your contentment raises, the higher your war hand has to raise. It needs to be more effective, more swift, and more readily available. Right. So not everyone's the ideal client. In fact, it's rare. And I used to, based on how I started, I used to promote my material through advertisement to men. But they are very, very difficult to speak to as a whole because it's like this competitive thing. You think you know more than me? How you figure you know more? What are your results? You know, it becomes this defensive, deflecting that they get from the females. And females, I mean, you're not God. You know everything. You're not God. I mean, I get called God so much. It's unbelievable. I mean, I have every reason to believe that that's one of my names. I mean, it just is. Like, you're not God. You're not, you're not. You act like you're God. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, hey, man, it is a service. And though some people will stay on step one forever, essentially, I will grant the action and the time as long as you uh, come with your fair exchange up front. This is why you have to decide how you are going to deal with people and make them invest in some form or fashion and make a pact within themselves that they're going to attempt to be humble. That's all you can do. You can have the information. You can know the way. You can lead that person right on out of there. Number one, not everyone is looking for the win, contrary to what you thought and what I thought. Second, most people don't have the willpower. They don't have the strength. Don't always say the game is about strength. And for females, a lot of times they think strength is being combative and rolling their neck and running their mouth. Strength is being able to sit there to listen and follow the direction. To understand you're in the presence of this game and to know your role in the presence of this game. There is only one order. One of us is speaking. 
and one of us is listening. It'll flip-flop at different times, but recognize your role and don't miss your cue. But even more so than that, be kind, be pleasant, and be great. Freeze this, freeze that.